0: Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out, starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaaf. Imagine this scenario. You're walking by yourself in the pristine, expansive wilderness of Van Cortlandt Park in Bronx, New York. You marvel at your surroundings and take in the tranquil beauty of the old oak trees, stony ridges, and the serene lake. Although you are completely isolated, you can't help but shake the unnerving feeling that you're being watched, that you're not alone. Well, if you were visiting the park in 1918, there's a very real chance that you weren't. Hidden in amongst the 1,146 acre parks, foliage, greenery, and vegetation, were a small army of women intentionally hiding in plain sight, blending in so perfectly that you might be staring at them, walking past them, stepping over them, and never realizing that they were even there. And that was their mission, to hide in plain sight without being detected or even so much as being noticed. These women were part of the Women's Reserve Camouflage Corps, a forgotten division of the National League for Women's Service. They were specially trained student military camouflage artists, or camofluers, intentionally disguising themselves in special and fairly creepy dried grass or rock suits in order to design and test outfits that would serve as concealments for Allied troops fighting in World War I. And these female artists slash designers were good at their trade. Female artists from across the United States joined the ranks of this highly specialized military group in New York to aid in the war effort during World War I. They used their creativity and crafting skills to develop designs and patterns that mimic the landscape to provide soldiers with added protection. City parks like Van Cortland were the laboratories, the testing grounds to assess these different camouflage suits. These photos are really some of the most unusual I've come across during my time here, says Richard Green, an archivist who's worked at the National Archives for five years. Green discovered some 42 peculiar photos of the women in the park while working on the Archives' World War I film and photo project. There would be a picture of the girl, and she would just fall down and disappear, Green said. While the pictures today appear bizarre and strange, They document the contributions and the historical significance of these female camouflers over 100 years ago in one of our nation's most trying times. Women played a crucial role during the war effort. They toiled in factories, making wartime supplies and munitions. They worked as nurses in hospitals, as well as vital personnel in the field of communication, positions like stenographers, clerks, and radio operators. At the same time, camouflage became an increasingly important military tactic during World War I. It was the French said to be the first to suggest painting artillery earth-toned colors to conceal soldiers from the enemy. In November 1914, the French established a camouflage service and began developing different techniques and recruiting artists, sculptors, architects, mold makers, and even cartoonists for this elite team. As more and more men left for the front to fight in the war, following in the footsteps of England and France, the United States began recruiting and training a group of 40 female artists on April 1st, 1918 in New York City, essentially forming the first class of the Women's Reserve Camouflage Corps. This first group was primarily comprised of women from different parts of New York State, as well as from Philadelphia, almost all of them working artists. To become part of the exclusive military unit, women were required to have had some training in painting, sculpture, photography, or wood carving, and be in perfect physical condition. All the women in the Camouflage Corps took the regular Army physical examination. And while there was no age limit, most women were in their early 30s and the oldest member of the first class was 45. After paying a $43 fee, $25 for their uniform, $18 for tuition, the women were ready to learn the art and science of camouflage. The entire top floor of a New York City high rise located at 257 Madison Avenue served as the main headquarters for the operation. Lieutenant H. Ledward Toyle of the 71st Infantry, who directed the division, conducted the same training he gave to the men of the New York Camouflage Corps. In order to create the best protection for soldiers, Toll firmly believed that the women should be taught the ins and outs of modern warfare, including army formations and maneuvers. The intensive three-month course consisted of three indoor lectures and two open field days per week, where the women would survey the environment and test their designs. The successful camouflage techniques would be sent overseas to the U.S. military. Observation suits, as the task force referred to them as, were colored so the person could blend into everything from snow to dirt to foliage to rock. Park police, while aware that the Women's Reserve Camouflage Corps were experimenting in Van Cortlandt Park oftentimes admitted that they could not spot them or even determine when they were conducting these field experiments. The Corps was also assigned the challenge on how to disguise physical localities, such as rail lines, depots, aircraft hangars, supply bases, and trenches. A British zoologist noticed that gray ships were easily spotted and suggested painting abstract, multicolored patterns on them to confuse the enemy. So the group mastered a unique form of camouflage for battleships called Dazzle Camouflage. The United States Navy started using Dazzle Camouflage in March of 1918, adorning some 1,250 ships with oddly painted patterns. Out of the 96 ships sunk by German U-boats after March 1918, only 18 of them were camouflaged with work done by the Women's Reserve Camouflage Corps. Maybe the most ironic and most significant story within this story is that an entire portion of our population who still could not fully participate in many aspects of our society and who are unseen by those in our lawmaking body were being relied on to camouflage and conceal our brave soldiers overseas. This has been A Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify and all other major podcast providers. Over the last two seasons, we've enjoyed bringing unknown stories from history to you every weekend. Now it's your turn to bring a story to us. Every town in every corner of the world has a story and its history is our history. Tell us the story about your hometown and what makes it special or unique. We're calling it Hometown History. Who or what is your town known for? Tell us your hometown story either in an email or a voice message from our Facebook page. Phil and I will choose one hometown's history to research and profile in a full episode of Season 3 of The Missing Chapter, and we'll contact you to be a part of it. Every hometown has a story. The next chapter we add to the history textbooks could be yours.